0: All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. What does that mean? The world says Michelangelo was an inspired artist. But is that the way inspiration applies to the Holy Scriptures? Actually, the word translated inspiration literally means God breathed. It speaks of how the Holy Spirit supernaturally influenced the biblical writers so that what they wrote was true, accurate, and trustworthy without squashing their individual personalities because all Scripture is breathed out by God, the Bible is also profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That means the Bible is like a teacher, umpire, coach, and personal trainer, all rolled into one book. Have you read the inspired Word of God today? I'm Ron Jones, and this is something good.
1: All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Hello and welcome to this Friday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. My name is Brian. Thanks for stopping by. The Apostle Paul wrote those words to Timothy in chapter 3 of his second letter to the young clergyman. Today, Ron takes us to this important letter written by Paul near the end of his life. Stay with us as Ron continues his teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, check out Something Good Television, Something Good Courses, Something Good Travel, and the new Something Good Digital Library. This is where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of ron's bible teaching ministry from atlantic shores baptist church in virginia beach virginia where he serves as lead pastor here's ron with part two of his message second timothy keeping the faith all right chapter three of uh,
0: second timothy uh, paul shifts his attention from the pastor and his present persecutions and the sufferings to the pastor and the last days, uh, his mind races to the end of the age before the return of Jesus Christ. And Paul says some words that are worth reading very slowly and carefully chapter three, verses one to five, you follow along as I read these, but strap on your seat belts for this. Paul says, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasing, slanderous, without self-control. Are you still with me? Brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness. In other words, they're religious people. They're religious people, but denying its power. And then Paul says to Timothy, avoid such people. Now that almost reads like today's headline news, doesn't it? I mean, the depravity of man and humankind on on full display. The last three words in verse 5 are strong. He says, avoid these people. Avoid these people. This is probably a good time for you to scroll through your Rolodex or your, uh, uh, your calendar and your relationships and ask yourself, you know, uh, who am I hanging out with? Who are the people I'm allowing to influence me? Uh, be careful with that. Paul makes it clear that such people in that deplorable list, he says, will not get very far for their folly will be plain to all. It might take some time for that folly to expose itself. But you don't wanna hang out with these kinds of people. You need to be in the world, but not of the world, but these are not your primary relationships. These are not your go-to people. And of course, if you you look in the mirror and find yourself in this description, you got a whole other problem to deal with. But he says in the last days, and we're in the last days, We've been in the last days prophetically for 2,000 years. Are we in the final days of the last days? Well, it sure feels like it because things are, 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 are more and more becoming descriptive like this. Then in chapter 3, Paul pivots um, to the inspiration and profitability of the Word of God. The Word of God is central in uh, his second letter to Timothy. Timothy. Uh, in verse 16, he says, all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for us. Now, the world says Michelangelo was an inspired artist, and perhaps he was, but that is not how inspiration applies to the Holy Scriptures. The word translated inspiration literally means God-breathed, all scripture is breathed out by God. It speaks of how the Holy Spirit supernaturally influenced the biblical writers so that they wrote what was true, accurate, and trustworthy, making it God's word, not theirs. And so the Bible that we have that has been uh, carefully, uh, uh, carefully transmissed through uh, the ages, uh, we have confidence that it is uh, the Word of God. Because all Scripture is breathed out by God, well, the Bible, Paul says, is profitable. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. According to uh, Warren Wiersbe, that means the Bible tells us what is right, what is wrong, how to get right, and how to stay right. <laughs> it's a pretty good way of thinking about it. Or to layer on another athletic analogy, um, think of the Bible as a teacher, an umpire, a coach, and a personal trainer all rolled into one as God's holy word. And we need that in our lives, right? We need somebody to teach us, uh, to umpire us, to tell us when we're in bounds or out of bounds, right or wrong. We need a, a coach to encourage us. We need a personal trainer. The Bible is all of that. Uh, it is God's holy word, and by it we grow in holiness, we avoid falling into the, uh, the pitfalls of sin, and we win the game of life. This is the playbook, the Bible is. Read it, study it, and then implement the playbook and uh, the game plan. Furthermore, like the equipment manager on a football team, the Bible makes the man of God, Paul says, equipped for every good work. Can you imagine a football player stepping onto the gridiron and he forgot his shoulder pads and his uh, helmet and his cleats? He's not prepared for the battle that's about to ensue on the field. And so it is when we neglect the Word of God. It's like going you know, into a football game without your uniform on, without your uh, protective gear on. The Word of God equips us for the work God gives to us, and for the spiritual battles that we will surely face. So get into the Word. Immerse yourself in the Word of God. Later, Paul's gonna tell Timothy, preach the Word. And we all need to be under the teaching and preaching of God's Word, but we need to be in it for ourselves as well, daily reading and studying God's Word. And in light of that, no wonder the Apostle Paul says to Timothy in the verses prior to, the one about the inspiration of scripture. I'm talking about chapter three, verses 14 and 15. He says, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood, he goes back to his his childhood now, how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Parents, grandparents, send these verses to your kids and your grandkids, especially if they grew up in a Christian home. I did that to my two adult children this week and even posted it on social media. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. What you learned and you firmly believed growing up in this household, continue in that, continue in that. That brings us to chapter four, where Paul begins with his uh, final charge to Timothy, which uh, is worth reading as well. You follow along as I read. I charge you, he says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, boy, all that ought to get our attention, right? I mean, he just layers it on there. This is a sober, sober moment. I charge you in the presence of God. And then here's what he charges. Three words. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, Timothy, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. This is Coach Paul in the locker room, urging him to go win the game. The seminary where I earned my master's degree in theology chiseled the phrase, preach the word in a stone monument on the front lawn of the seminary. And I have that visual reminder in my head and those words are burned into my memory as is Paul's charge to Timothy. Preach the word. I don't preach my own best advice. I don't have any good advice on anything. Preach the word and do that as faithfully as I can. Find a good, good church where they preach the Word of God. Now, it doesn't say bore people with the Word. I've been around too many boring sermons, all right? But, but even that aside, you know, preach the Word. Not every meal you eat dazzles you, all right? But it nourishes you. It's profitable for you as long as you get the Word. If you're in a church where all you're getting is a bunch of potato chips and junk food, Leave that place. Go to a place where they preach the Word.
1: Dr. Ron Jones will be right back with the second half of today's message, 2 Timothy, Keeping the Faith. And remember, you can stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to find out more about the ministry, to ask our ministry team to pray for you, or to order selected resources from our online store. Here's something else for you. When you make a donation to Something Good Radio today, We'll say thank you by giving you access to a new resource that goes along with his current series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. It's an e book from Dr. Ron Jones that covers all 13 of the Pauline epistles. Requested today for your gift to Something Good Radio. Give online at SomethingGoodRadio.org, mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456, or call our offices at 757. 757- two seven six one zero nine nine now let's rejoin Ron for the rest of today's message second Timothy keeping the faith
0: and are we not living in a time when people do not endure sound doctrine but they have itching ears itching ears that want to be entertained now we can preach the word and be creative and entertaining and compelling at the same time that's on the preacher to do his work But we're living in a time when people are swerving away from the truth, and they just don't want to hear it. However, now more than ever, the servant of God must preach the word of God and not his own opinion. Not his own opinion. Now, Paul closes this chapter and the book with some of the most personal words found anywhere in his New Testament epistles. On the ultimate road trip through the Bible, we've been working our way through Paul's... um, Uh, epistles, his New Testament epistles, we started in Romans where Paul soars rhetorically and soars theologically and wow, man, he just, you know, my brain hurts after I read the book of Romans. But there are times, and this is one of them, where Paul gets really pastoral and personal. And remember, it's near the end. The time of his departure has come And in his final days, the great apostle is alone, and he bids Timothy in chapter four and verse nine, do your best to come to me soon. Can you hear his uh, achy, breaky, lonely heart there? He, He says again in verse 21, do your best to come before winter. I need you now, I need you now. And then he goes on to mention the names of 17 people associated with his ministry and friendship. And he drops in some greetings to those people, says, say hello to this person and say hello to that person. And he just as easily drops in some warnings to Timothy about some people, like the one about Alexander the coppersmith. He says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. He says, the Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself for he strongly opposed Our message I don't know who Alexander the coppersmith is but I think I've met his distant cousin once or twice in my 30 years of ministry yeah and you would think that the Apostle Paul is bitter he's not absent of bitterness and unforgiveness he goes on to mention those who deserted him during his first defense and he graciously lays the painful experience down. He says this, may it not be charged against them. I wonder if he had in mind the words of Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He says, don't, don't, don't charge this against them. And then he quickly remembers, he says, the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. When others had deserted Paul, we were embarrassed of him and ashamed of him, and said, ah, I need to distance myself from this guy. Paul just remembers the time the Lord stepped in and was closer than he'd ever been before. The Lord stood by me. He strengthened me during this time. This is the end for Paul. These are his final words. And when I read them, the word respect comes to mind. Um, when I consider how the Apostle Paul finished his life in ministry, and I picture him sprinting across the 40-yard line (laughs) with that final burst of energy as he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I kept the faith. I don't know where you are in the game of life. Maybe you're just starting I wanna encourage you to try to gaze into the future enough to see the finish line so that you can say those words too. Maybe you're closer to your time of departure than you even realize because none of us is guaranteed tomorrow. But, but don't slow down, don't quit, don't, don't pull up at the last minute, but finish, finish strong. I'm gonna be 60 years old in January. I feel like I'm just getting started. I have some friends around the country who are talking about retirement. I said, what what is that? As long as the Lord gives me a mind to put two thoughts together and the physical energy to do it, I I plan to run and sprint that 40-yard dash And do it with all the energy I can until he calls me home. And and Lord willing, just before he calls me home, I'll be able to say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And you know how you do that? You stay deeply immersed in the game. You play through every whistle. You do it for four full quarters. You make sure you're not just sitting on the bench somewhere thinking, no, nah, the coach is never going to put me in the game. No, you're in the game if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You're in the game. The question, are you giving everything to it? Are you deeply immersed in, in a local church? You know, the local church is God's plan A, and he doesn't have a plan B. The world could care nothing about what happens in a church. Heaven cares nothing everything about it. And Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We need to take some cues from Paul in his letter to Timothy and recommit ourselves to running the race well, to finishing well. Some people start well, they just don't finish well. And to make sure we keep the faith all along the way. To take the spark that somebody lit in you, and now it's your responsibility and mine to keep fanning that spark into a flame and into a raging fire that nothing in this life can put out. No hardship, no difficulty, no struggle, no allurement of the world would extinguish the flame of God inside of you and with the help of the Holy Spirit and the spiritual disciplines that you put into practice and being around other followers of Jesus, you're fanning that spark into a larger and larger roaring flame until you say, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith.
1: Thanks so much for being here with us for today's Something Good radio message, 2 Timothy, Keeping the Faith, and Dr. Ron Jones joins me in the studio now. Ron, one of the major themes here in 2 Timothy is this idea of finishing well, finishing strong, running the race all the way through the finish line. What do you see as some of the obstacles we face? And what advice would you give to help overcome those obstacles?
0: Well, Brian, my answer will surprise no one, but I believe it's important enough that we need to be reminded. uh, For all the good technology has done for the past decade or two, it has created a rather serious problem of disconnectedness. We text instead of talk. Uh, We do FaceTime on our phone instead of real person-to-person FaceTime. Um, Many believe a live stream church experience is just as meaningful as being in person. Now I I love the live stream technology and we use it at the church, but I'm always quick to remind our church family, it's not a one-for-one trade with an in-person experience. Even something good radio is not a replacement for your involvement in a local church. We have a generation of young people who spend far more time playing video games than they do interacting with real human beings, and I mean face-to-face. And in the process, we're sacrificing legitimate intimacy in our human relationships. You cannot be disconnected and finish strong in life at the same time. So, I believe technology can be a glaring obstacle to finishing well. It can disconnect us from people. It can also distract us from our primary calling. Now, how do we overcome this obstacle? Well, for starters, and and this is the foundational key to overcoming any obstacle we face, we've gotta stay in the word. Uh, That's absolutely paramount. If you don't consistently pour Jesus in, you won't have anything to pour back out into this race we call the christian life our joy comes from our relationship with god and the joy of the lord is what brian yeah it's our strength so we need to be in the word second we need to make sure we're plugged into a local church i mean uh, deeply immersing yourself and organically involved in that church not just a, a casual attender who sits on the back row and arrives five minutes late and leaves five minutes early Now, we need to be plugged into that church, and that way we have real relationships with like-minded believers in Jesus Christ, stay connected to God through his word, and stay connected to people through his church. Sounds simple enough, doesn't it, Brian? But those are the things that recharge us and re-energize us in the faith. Those are the things that give us the strength to keep running. Uh, Taking a little me time is important and often necessary, but we need to make sure we're not taking too much of it, because it's not about me. Uh, Because too much downtime, too much uh, disconnectedness leads to
1: isolation. And no one can finish well alone. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some great final thoughts on how believers in Christ can run the Christian race well and finish strong. Now, before we leave for the holiday weekend, tell us what's coming our way on Monday as you continue your teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible.
0: Well, Brian, our next stop on the ultimate road trip through the Bible is the book of Titus. Now, the Apostle Paul was a mentor to Titus, and he had left Titus on the island of Crete in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea uh, to, to put some things in order and to appoint and develop leaders in the church there. So, naturally, part of the book of Titus is devoted to telling Titus to look for specific qualifications in those whom he appointed to lead the churches in Crete. Now, this is a short epistle, only three chapters, but there's plenty of practical instruction for the church today. And that's where we're headed next time, Brian, right here
1: on Something Good Radio. Hey. Join us then for Something Good when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Titus, setting things in order. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.